So, uh, we were off flying into Washington State a couple of years ago. And after you cross the Midwest, if you've ever been across the United States, you see a lot of the same thing as you crossed the Midwest. Uh, a lot of flat fields if it's a clear day and these very large strange circles which when you look at them you try to figure what they are what they actually are is irrigation that circles it keeps running in a circle and that's why there's a green circle and then it's brown all around it um, so as you cross the United States it's it's a little less exciting in the middle of the states and then all of a sudden as we were headed to uh, Washington State suddenly there right up in the clouds is a huge peak of a mountain a monstrous thing stands out out of nowhere it's it's like it's out of place everything else is totally flat around it and all of a sudden it appears like it just rises up out of the ground and comes up. It's not a perfect point, the top of the peak. It's kind of a, a big, wider peak. It's Mount Rainier, okay? And you can look up pictures of it. It's over 14,000 feet high from sea level. That's approaching three miles high, okay? So that's pretty high. That's a pretty high mountain out of nothing. And that's when you look at it, you can't stop looking at it. it. It's kind of awe-inspiring. And compared to the rest of the ground everywhere else, where you've looked for, oh, there's a little green something, there's a little, maybe there's a river, maybe there's this, and all of a sudden there's this humongous mountain that is like as high as, higher than you almost. You know, I mean, it looks like it as you're slowly descending down. It's there. It's up with you in the clouds, above the clouds. Luckily, it was a clear enough day where we could see it. You look at anything with that high of a mountain, that high uh, of this humongous thing, compared to everything around it, and you can't help but just stare at it with wonder and awe. And... This time of year, we try to take the hearts of everybody, including our own hearts, and prepare us for what is coming. We want to prepare us for the greatest celebration that's coming up in just a couple of weeks. Right? It is the beating heart of what we believe, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. It is the core of why we are here why the church exists, any church exists. And we like to kind of look at it from different parts and points of view. We go through scripture and do things. Uh, but one of the things that's part of our services is as we, we have our hymn books out, okay? And that's one thing that we like to do. We don't want you just to sing a hymn and memorize it, although that's a good thing. We want you to be able to think about it and look at it and let it penetrate a little bit of who you are. So we once in a while pick some hymns. We want you to go through with it and kind of work through it so you understand some of the words and so they impact you a bit more. We pick the song on page number 83 in your hymn books. If you find page number 83... 
in the cross of Christ I glory. It's a short little song, just a half a page. In the cross of Christ I glory. And we, uh, if you turn to that page number 83, we're going to start with that first verse of the song, verse number one. In the cross of Christ I glory, towering o'er the wrecks of time. All the light of sacred story gathers round its head sublime. So, <laughs> only just so you can see it, right, and hear it. Now, you probably sang those words before, but what does that mean? So, here is mankind... And what he has done, right? Mankind, as you look over the history of mankind and add it all up, what this song is first saying is everything mankind has ever added up, all that mankind has ever made and done and created, even the very best of it, is like that flat plain around the mountain. It's low and boring and insignificant compared to this one humongous peak that stands out amidst the whole topography. It's saying that there is one thing that stands out in all of the history of mankind like a mountain peak amongst the rest of the plain. Okay? And that is the cross of Christ. It defines the human existence, why we are here, and how we can continue. All right? It defines the love of God in which you see the depths of it, and you start to understand when you see the story of Christ. You, see, you begin to see that there is much more happening. Now, the Romans uh, made this instrument of torture up, it was just meant to turn the Roman enemies and make them scared. That's what it was. They took these two uh, logs, basically, and either tied or nailed their uh, victims up to a cross of wood, and they put them out, usually outside of the city, so you knew the Romans had been there. And the point was to let the people slowly die on those crosses so that everybody knew that if you crossed Rome, that's what would happen to you. It was meant to torture enemies. It was meant to keep control of people. But God took that, and you think of it, it's funny, a lot of people, maybe people in here maybe, who might have a cross that they wear around their neck. It's a strange thought, right? That... What, what was meant to be a torturous weapon used against enemies to keep fear amongst people, God took it and turned over and said, I'm going to do the greatest thing that mankind has ever seen. 
all of what mankind has ever added up to is just nothing compared to this huge mountain peak that God did as you look over it. So let's turn uh, a couple places. First, uh, we're going to turn to Galatians chapter number 6. Galatians chapter number 6. Paul is talking uh, to the people in the region of Galatia, actually. Um, and they are in the midst of a little battle. The people in, these, in this region are talking about how super spiritual they are. And Paul is having none of it. They're saying, one group is saying, I am super spiritual more than you. All right? And how are they defining that super spiritual status? Uh, again, Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. They are talking about two things. One is circumcision, one is uncircumcision. All right? It's not what the church fights about today or tries to show of today, but back in those days, if you were a Jew that accepted God, you were to be circumcised. And that was the sign of it. Now, there's much going on behind the scenes. And yes, God created that, did that uh, for Abraham first. But by the time Paul is in here, he says, so one group says we're super spiritual because we're circumcised. Another group says we have freedom in Christ, so we don't have to be circumcised. And so we're more spiritual than you. Right? And Paul says, forget it. The whole thing, you missed the point. Again, you missed the point of what was going on. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 14. But God forbid that I should glory or that I should boast, save in the cross of, of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. So everything else, he says, the only thing you should ever ever boast about in your whole life is about the cross of Christ. And you didn't do it. As much as you think you could be great and wonderful and add to God, the experience of Christianity, forget it, he says. You got nothing. All your most super spiritual additions mean nothing. You have nothing to boast for, he says care if you're circumcised or not circumcised. I don't care what you did. You have nothing to boast for. You think too highly of yourselves and you forget what really was important. So, we do that sometimes as, as a church or as individuals in today's age. We look at some things as more spiritual than others. We approach it the right way. We tell, so we teach the gospel the right way. Sometimes we say that, right? Or we have missions, and that's the most important. Or we have food drives and donations, and we help the poor. Or we have the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that's the most important thing we do at the church. Or our music is better than everybody else's. Or we have a youth program that's better. Or we have strong leadership in our church. 
Or another church says, well, we don't need leadership. We let God guide us everywhere we go. All of these things, you understand, are things that people are boasting in. And everything is nothing compared to the cross of Christ. Paul says, forget it all. Forget every piece of it. If you do not have that mountain of the cross of Christ in your vision while you're doing all of that, then you might as well throw it all away. Because it's worth nothing without keeping your eyes focused on what is really important. You can say all that you ever did spiritually, all the most, the best you've ever added, the, the most important thing you've ever done for the church, and you say, well, I do this or I do that. Without cro- the cross of Christ, it is in, there's no value to it. All the value does not come from our effort. It all comes from God. That's what Paul is trying to say. And we can do a lot of great things in the church if our focus remains on the mountain. If we remember where we came from, if we remember that all of what we've ever done has added to nothing. That's what that verse of the song means. In the cross of Christ I glory. You look at the cross of Christ, it towers over the wrecks of time, it says. The wrecks of time just means this. Everything that every person, mankind, has ever tried has, is like a dump heap compared to what God did. Even the very best we ever did. If God is in the center of it, that cross sits at the height, right? It is the most important. It's way up on top, and everything man did is just nothing. If we keep that perspective in all that we do, it will make us uh, do much better because we're not boasting in the things we do and what we've accomplished on our own. Okay, So that's what that means. All the light of sacred story, that first verse, all the light of sacred story, all the very best parts of what mankind has ever told and ever done and ever put together can go and stand and gathers round its head sublime, okay? These are words we don't typically use a lot, right? But it is that awe-inspiring, like standing and staring at a mountain where it's incredible. Sublime just means, wow. That's way more than I could ever do. And so you stand and you look. Everybody looks at that mountain and says, it is all him. It was all God. He did it all. And I think as we go in through history and we finally finish the chapter of this earth and go back and look, we will understand, even though God is going to bless us and he's going he's to give us crowns for things, it was nothing compared to what God did. All the light of sacred story, everything mankind ever did, just adds up to nothing, and everyone will stand around and look and say, that was what was important in all of mankind. We didn't always get it right, but Jesus got it on the cross. He did it. God did it. Verse number two in the song, 
When the woes of life o'ertake me, hopes deceive and fears annoy, never shall the cross forsake me, though it glows with peace and joy. Woes are sadnesses, sorrows, being overwhelmed, having our hopes broken and dashed. Fear. Anxiety. That's what society likes to call it a lot now. Anxiety and fear. That's oftentimes what we have. We let things bother us. Sadnesses and sorrows come into our life. And so... What can we do with it? Everything in the light of the cross, again, is where we need to put our heart and our mind. Let's go to Joshua 1.9. Joshua 1.9. Joshua 1.9. When we feel overwhelmed, when we feel anxiety, when our hopes are dashed, when we feel sorrowful, what does God tell us to do? Joshua 1.9 is a good one because this is how Joshua felt. Overwhelmed, full of anxiety, not good enough. And here's what God told Joshua directly. Have not I commanded thee... Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Here is his promise. He says, Joshua, I told you. Didn't I command you? Didn't I tell you already? Don't be afraid. And why are we not afraid? Why do we not need to fear? If God is in our vision at all times and we are looking and our our hearts and our minds are right and we keep this mountain in clear view in all of our life and we understand where we stand next to that mountain and God says, you do not need to fear. Why? Because I am with you. Wherever you go, God does not promise that you will not have a life without woes or not being overwhelmed at times or that all your hopes and dreams will come true. That's not what the Christian life is. It does not promise that everything wonderful will happen to you and it'll just be like you're skipping down the yellow brick road for the rest of your life, right? That's not how it goes. There are things that come up that are mighty that you may have to deal with in your Christian life. But God says, you do not be afraid. I told you, don't be afraid. I'm telling you, I'm commanding you, don't be afraid. Because I'm going to walk with you every step of the way. That is the perspective that God gives. And if you have the cross of Christ, always envision, and everything is then right. 
When, when you look at the cross of Christ and say, that is what defines mankind, that was the best thing that ever happened, everything else that ever happened on earth is nothing, then you start to think, he's with me. He did this for me. He died for me. He gave me an opportunity to be with him forever. He did this huge thing, gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's what God did for me. And that's if I believe in him, I have everlasting life. It goes on forever with him. He did that for me. What have I ever done like that? Nothing. Nothing. I've never done anything to that magnitude or that scale. But God did that for me. Right? And as you live your life with this in view at all times, it starts to write the way you think. It puts it in perspective to say, all right, this is tough for me, but God did this great thing for me, and he said he's going to walk with me right through the hardships. The daily pain, the big things that come, the little things that come, all the things, and I feel overwhelmed, be strong and be courageous. Psalm 94. Psalm number 94. God says, I will not leave you, I will not abandon you. I will be with you always. Psalm 94, verse 17. Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. When I said, my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, held me up. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, my comforts delight me. Thy comforts delight my soul. This is a great verse for those of you who are thinkers out there, for those of you who have ever stayed up uh, in the middle of the night or gotten up in the middle of the night or been woken up or couldn't sleep at all because the thoughts were just too much running around in your head. Constant things, what could happen, what will happen, I don't know about this, I'm not sure, there's something big happening the next day or, or coming up soon. As those things jumble around in your head, he says, there's a multitude of thoughts within me, but during that, you comfort my soul. It's you, God, that comforts me, even when my head's all wrapped all up. He said, in fact... Verse 17, unless if you had been my help, I would have had my soul would have been in silence. I would have given up. I would have just stopped. If God hadn't been there to help and comfort and calm me, I would have just given up. That's what David says in this psalm. He says, I would have given up. So as my thoughts and my worries and all these things happen, God says... I'll give you delight in your soul. I'll let you be calm and bring delight. Now what? Delight in your soul. Delight in your soul. 
That basically, that equals joy. When anxieties and when things are jumbled up in your head so much, he says, you come to me and I will point you down a pathway and get you to a place where you can rest and be calm and have joy. Which is the opposite of what oftentimes the world offers. I will bring you to a point of joy when you come to me. So that keeping the cross in perspective. Verse number three in that song. When the sun of bliss is beaming light and love upon my way. From the cross, the radiant streaming adds more luster to the day. Sometimes in life, you have days of victory, days of blessing. It's not all hardship and woes and sorrow, although sometimes it feels like it, probably. But there are those good days where you just have a good season in your life, a good day, a good thing in your life. And those, I would say, are those days of victory, right? You have victory in your life. Everything's feeling pretty good. Everything's doing pretty good. And when you have that, keeping good perspective says, don't forget God when things are good. Don't forget him when things are good. Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Right? Keeping that in mind, like in Romans, on those great days, remember God in that equation. Remember God in the good times. We go to him for the bad times. And when you remember, it says in that verse of that song, from the cross, the radiant streaming adds more luster to the day. It lights your life up in a better way. Again, keeping that perspective of where do I stand and what God has done and what I bring to the table. Keeping that perspective. Verse number four. Bane and blessing, pain and pleasure by the cross are sanctified. Peace is there that knows no measure. Joys that through all time abide. Hardships and happiness, pain and pleasure, in the shadow of the cross, when I keep that in mind of where I am in eternity and the opportunities that I have, then all of the hard things that come to me in life will be okay. Because I'm trusting beyond those things. I'm trusting beyond my circumstances. I'm trusting beyond my loss that God has a handle beyond that. He is not bound in this world. He's bound beyond all of the things. So when I come up against something hard 
in my life, I don't need to be afraid. I might have pleasures in my life and good things, and therefore I need to be grateful, but I'm going to have hardships. And I'm going to have wonder, and I'm going to have love, and I may have abandonment in my life. I may have drudgery in my life. I may have loss in my life. I might have blessings. I might have sickness in my life. And what comes to all of us is death. Someday, we all will stand before God. But God says, when you keep it in perspective of the cross, there's no fear. You do not need to be afraid. Have not I commanded thee, be not afraid. I'll walk you through. I can walk you across death. I'm beyond death and life. Because I am the resurrection and the life. And when you allow yourself to live in the right perspective to say everything else mankind and everything else I've ever done really just doesn't add up to much. But if I can stay focused on that cross, adding more luster to my day on the good days and even the bad days, coming to that cross for forgiveness and uh, cleansing when I need it, and remembering that God cared for me to walk through right next to me, with me, on every single day. He cared enough to pull me as that one sheep and pull me up and out and rescue me. He can bring, it brings me peace. It brings me peace. And so I look at what I've done and I remember this isn't very important what I do. But it's very important for me to help others know what he did. Very important. Any way that I can. Any way that I can, if that's by living through a trial and trusting God and allowing my best friend to see it, then I bring those things to God. And I can say, it's okay, because God promised to be with me. We all have the things in our lives, in our family. And you can say, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know how this is all going to end up. You don't. I have no idea. How is it all going to end up? I don't know. But I know that God said he will walk me through every step of the way. We have that with our own very own pastor here. Well, he don't want to talk about it much, right? Because he trusts. He's okay. Whichever way things go, he's okay. And we're okay with that because we say the cross is the big thing. We're here to lead people to them. Someday we will look back as we stand in eternity in this entire life. will look pretty small. We will remember, wow, that was, it seemed like everything. And a thousand years passes in eternity and it's like nothing. We'll be together for a thousand years and ten thousand years and ten thousand times ten thousand years. And we'll look back and say, that seems so significant. And yet, if I kept in perspective where we stand and what we are, then in the cross of Christ thy glory, towering over the wrecks of time, 
all the light of sacred story gathers round its head sublime. We will look in awe and wonder in that day as well. So keep it in perspective in our lives. Keep the cross in how we respond to it and what things we're going through in our lives. Trusting God, knowing he's there every step of the way. He promised. If God promises, it's good forever. It's good forever. You can trust he will do it. Remembering God when things are good. Keeping him in mind also in every day of our life. And remembering what is important. The cross of Christ. God forbid that I should glory in anything else. And in that second half of that verse of Galatians chapter 6 verse 14. It says that. I slipped by that pretty quick. And you should never trust a guy that doesn't read the whole verse and doesn't talk about it, right? (laughs) God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of Christ our Lord Jesus, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. That means that the things of this world mean less to me. They die to me. The things that seem so important need to go away. And I need to focus more on the things of the world. Not that you won't have feelings, not that you won't have hardships, not that you won't have that, but you have a peace that passes all understanding when you have Jesus Christ inside of you. You don't have to worry. What will God bring you? I don't know. But he's going to be there when he does it. And he promised to be with me when he does. And so let it all go and focus on the important parts. Thank you very much. You're dismissed.